Uh, I'm going to read our passage now, which is Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 to 10. I'm reading from the ESV translation. Uh, I'll read that and then we'll pray and look at the word together. So Galatians 6, 9 to 10. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. I'll pray. Gracious Father, help me as I teach this word now to do so faithfully. May you give us hearts to receive it by faith. And please comfort and encourage us with this word at this weary time. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, it's weird to think that only a year ago, uh, we were all gathered together at the Upper Plenty Conference Centre for our 2019 church camp. And I don't know about you, but when I reflect on that weekend, it, it just feels like a lifetime ago. I was looking through some of the photos this week and, and the experience of that camp now just feels like another world. A world in which we could stand close to one another. A world in which we could embrace one another. A world in which we could play games together, eat together, listen to God's word together. A world in which we could physically gather together with joy in our hearts and smiles on our faces. Twelve months on, it feels like we live in a whole new world. And most of us do not like the new world we live in. See, instead of camp looking like this photo, it looks a little bit more like this photo. And it's the same for church, right? Week after week, you're sitting at your computer or at your TV. I saw this meme recently and I thought, yep, I'm sure there are a lot of people sitting at their computers just like that during church. Uh, most of us simply want to meet together again and are just feeling the weariness of this moment. Now, maybe when yet you were first thrown into lockdown, you resolved to keep doing a number of the good things in our church and community, despite the changed landscape. You know, I, I know church is going to be difficult, growth group's going to be hard, but I'll make an effort to be there week after week. I know this is going to make relationships hard, so I'm going to make an effort to keep in touch with people. I know this is a unique opportunity to share the gospel, so I'm going to make an effort to evangelize my friends and neighbors. Now, maybe some of you are still in that headspace, and to you I'd say, praise God for your enthusiasm. But I reckon uh, many of us, for many of us, it's just been hard to keep up those good intentions in this kind of lockdown for seven straight months. See, many of us are getting weary, I think, of doing good. And that was the case among the original readers of this passage, the churches in Galatia. They had been battered by persecution. They were getting battered by false teaching that was focusing on works, not grace. Their joy had been sucked dry, and now they were growing weary 
of doing all the good acts of love and service they once did when they first came to accept the gospel of Jesus. Paul actually says to them in chapter 4, verse 15, what has become of your blessedness? Where's all your joy gone? Now, maybe you're feeling a little bit similar in this moment of time. Low joy, high weariness. Well, if that's you, then God has a word for you this morning. And it comes in verse 9 of our passage. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. See, God isn't saying to us that it's wrong to feel weary here. He's calling us not to be overtaken, overcome by weariness, not to let our good acts of love and obedience to Jesus dry up under trying circumstances. And he encourages us by giving us that great promise that says we will reap if we do not give up. We, as a 5 p.m. congregation, will see God bearing all sorts of good fruit among us if we keep going in our faith and in our commitment to one another. Now, I think this is a profound promise for us in verse 9. And I see four ways that it can help us in this weary moment. This promise helps us to be optimistic for a time of reaping. It helps us to be patient as we wait upon the Lord. It helps us to be active in the good we can do. It helps us be reliant on the God who cares. So let's think about those four things. First, God's promise helps us to be optimistic for a time of reaping. God's promise that the good we do in our service of Jesus, even in our weariness, will bear fruit in the life of us, our congregation, and our wider community. It's easy, I think, to become pessimistic when we're weary. Uh, When there's a cloud over our head like COVID, everything just seems a little bit darker. You know, I know it's good to keep listening to those online sermons, but it's just so hard, so hard to concentrate Is it even worth listening to them? I know it's hard to pray and I know it's good to pray and ask for God's help at this time, but I'm not sure how much good it's doing. You know, it's probably right to call that person who's doing it tough, but I'm not sure my words are going to change much for them. I wonder if you've ever let pessimism stop you from doing good. I think I have. In fact, there have been a number of times during this weary COVID moment when I've had to really talk myself into calling someone to see how they're going. It might sound weird because it seems like calling the touch base is just a a straightforward good thing to do, no-brainer. But sometimes in in my more self-critical moments, I feel like maybe I'm just inconveniencing the person in a busy day or, or in my darker moments that that phone call might just actually make them feel guilty for something that they think they haven't done. But I don't want to do that. See, this time's actually exposed how vulnerable I can be, I think, to pessimism. 
But God is saying, be optimistic. Don't be pessimistic. Don't give up. Don't walk into the field, as it were, with a bag of seed, only to doubt the results so that you fail to scatter any of that seed. You won't reap if you don't sow. Don't pick up the phone to encourage someone, only to just quickly put it down again. If we sow, God says we will reap. Now, it's interesting, God doesn't actually say what we'll reap in this passage. Do you notice that? It it says literally, as the ESV uh, captures, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. See, God doesn't tell us what the specifics of the reaping will be. As John Stott, a Bible commentator, points out, it's almost as if he leaves us to guess. But it's a wonderful guessing game, isn't it? Because we know whichever harvest God brings about is going to be a good one. He will bring fruit from our prayers. He will bring fruit from your persistence in gathering online to hear his word and see his people. He will bring fruit from all your phone calls, text messages, and walks. We will reap if we don't give up. But actually, I don't think it's an entirely, uh, I don't think we entirely have to guess here at what kind of reaping will happen. See, I think we've actually begun to see some of the reaping already within our weary time. I think we've seen reaping as people have continued to do good. I'll give you some examples. I think we've seen reaping the reaping of comfort during this time as many of you have given yourself to supporting those in our congregation who have been sick or bereaved. People like Helen Young with her broken arm. Others like Sam and Ash and Will who we heard from earlier. They have all mentioned and spoken of the comfort they have received from people at church. I think we've seen a reaping of relief for needy Latrobe students, as many of you have given yourself to donating food for the food bank. I think we've seen a reaping of uh, gospel interest and even salvation, as some of you have continued to share the gospel with others and, and bring them along to Christianity Explored. I've seen reaping of love in households as some of you have given yourself to to praying that you would be more self-controlled, more gracious, more servant-hearted in this weary and stressful time with those in your life. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 that in the Lord your labor is never in vain. See, this statement was as true last year as it is this year. God says we will reap if we do not give up. God's promise makes for optim- God's promise makes us optimistic for a time of reaping. But second, God's promise helps us to be patient as we wait upon the Lord. A time of reaping may come quickly, but often we are called to patience in the Christian life. Notice that in verse 10, God uses the metaphor of plants growing, not toast popping. See, waiting for seeds to grow into plants which then bear fruit actually takes time. 
I've been reminded of this during lockdown, actually. A while back, I, I planted a lot of potatoes in the ground. Now, I knew I'd have to wait a bit to see the first shoots come up, uh, but I thought it'd be maybe like two weeks tops. But two weeks came and no shoot. Three weeks came, no shoot. Four weeks came, still no shoot. And by that time, I was getting annoyed. I, I started to believe that the potatoes had simply dissolved in the ground and and that I'd need to plant something else in that patch. I mean, I got so worked up by this that I actually went out with a shovel and started to dig, looking to see what was actually going on. And lo and behold, I found a potato with a tiny little white shoot on it, ready to bust through the soil. See, this is what the patch looks like now. See, we can get weary of waiting for results. It's true for me in gardening, and I actually think it's true for me in my Christian life too, in many respects. I want to see results now, not later. Maybe you're the same. You know, I want to see people in Christianity explored coming to faith now, not later. I want to see growth in my godliness now, not later. I want to feel more joy in my relationship with God now, not later. Sometimes we can think, I'm sowing the seed, Lord. I'm attending these services. I'm persisting in reading my Bible. I'm, I'm pouring my time and energy into meeting with this person. But where are the results? Has the seed I've sown just dissolved into the ground? God is telling us, be patient. Be patient in these weary times and don't give up. God is faithful and God will bring the fruit in your life and the life of others. We just need to wait upon the Lord. And it's helpful to remember that God has actually first been patient with us. In fact, the Apostle Peter reminds us that God is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I don't know about you, but I find that actually quite encouraging to think about. See, in this weary time, I can say, you can say, that my God knows what it is to be patient. He knows what it's like. Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher, wrote that we shall not grow weary of waiting upon God if we remember how long and how graciously he once waited for us. God doesn't give us a toaster popper, a toaster popping view of doing good. He gives us a plant growing view of doing good. This promise helps us to be patient as we wait upon the Lord. But third, God's promise helps us to be active in the good we can do. You see, there are two ways that we can look at this weary moment that we're in together. You can look at it either primarily through the lens of what you can't do, or you can look at it through the lens of what you can do. I don't know about you, but I struggle not to look through the lens of what I can't do. And it's frustrating. It's so hard for me not to feel this frustration every time I come into the church building on Sundays, for example. I mean, I'm so prone, I've discovered, to looking at all the things I just can't do in this moment. 
I can't easily touch base with other people while I'm at church on Sundays anymore. I can't see who's here and who's absent. I can't enjoy singing with the rest of you in the auditorium. I can't spontaneously pray with someone in the car park who might need prayer. See, looking through the lens of what I can't do in this moment actually just adds frustration to my weariness, I've discovered. And maybe you've discovered the same. But what if you and I looked at things through the other lens? What if instead of being frustrated by all the good we can't do, we chose to look for the good things that we can do? What if we started thinking, I can still speak to another person even though it's via Zoom. I can still go for a walk with another person and pray with them. I can still hear God's word taught through a live stream service. See, what makes God's promise so good in Galatians 9 is that it tells us we will reap a harvest even when we give ourselves to doing good in less than ideal circumstances. See, that's why I think Paul says in verse 10, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. See, notice that Paul doesn't simply say, so then let us do good to everyone. No, he actually inserts the words, as we have opportunity. Uh, Those words, I think, have an air of possibility about them. They don't confine us to thinking of loving and serving others in only one way. They allow for the real possibility that Christian community will sometimes be lived out in circumstances that turn our world upside down. Throughout church history, Jesus' people have had to figure out what it's going to look like to do good amidst the horrors of war, the trials of persecution, the discomforts of natural disaster and plague. God knows there will be times when we simply can't walk into our church building in comfort and peace and do what we've always done. But God is calling us not to give up in such times, but to simply take what opportunities we do have to do good to our community and especially to each other. So what different or new opportunities have come our way that we can look at uh, in our of doing good in our local community. Here's a few that come to my mind. This is for our wider community. We'll get to us soon. Uh, Here's some suggestions. God has given us a new opportunity to donate food, as I mentioned earlier, to the Latrobe International students. What a great way of providing relief for those people. God has likewise given us a new opportunity just recently to donate various baby-related items to a group called Big Group Hug who help struggling families. Uh, I was really taken by Asha's comment in her testimony a little earlier where she said it must be so difficult to not have a church family when you go through a challenging time. See, isn't it good we can actually help families in those circumstances? Zoom has provided an easy and accessible way to run course after course of Christianity Explored. What an opportunity we have to invite a friend or a family member to learn about Christ and perhaps ourselves to walk that journey with them 
for seven to eight weeks. So that's some options for the community. And when it comes to the household of faith here in the 5 p.m. congregation, well, again, we've got to choose to look through the lens of what we can do, not what we can't do. And I tend to think that during this time of weariness, one of the best ways to do good to one another is to simply keep in touch with one another. See, the isolation of this moment can make us almost feel like individual units doing our own thing all the time. But we're not just individual units. We belong to a family of believers, a 5 p.m. family of believers. That's why it's good to take the opportunity to, to say, be present with other family members as we do things together online, like live streams or uh, growth groups. That's why it's good to take the opportunity to call a person or go for a walk with them or pray for them. I mean, I've personally found that the Bundy Daily Devotion emails that have come out during the COVID time have been incredibly helpful with this. Every weekday, that email gives me three of your names to pray for. It immediately puts you on my mind and in my heart. As we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Uh, It's often been noted that it was the willingness to do good to everyone that led to the rise of Christianity and the waning of paganism in the first three centuries. Christian love and mercy became particularly evident during two severe episodes of plague in that period. Pagans observed Christians at risk to themselves, giving aid and care not just to their own, but also to their pagan neighbours, many of whom had simply been abandoned and left for dead. Uh, The historian Rodney Stark writes that the impact of Christian mercy was so evident that in the 4th century when the Emperor Julian attempted to restore paganism, he exhorted the pagan priesthood to compete with the Christian charities. In a letter to the high priest of Galatia, Julian urged the distribution of grain and wine to the poor, noting that the impious Galileans, or Christians, in addition to their own, support ours. And it is shameful that our poor should be wanting our aid. But you see, the pagan priesthood of Galatia could not compete with the Christian churches of Galatia. The pagans simply had not been taught in the way of mercy. The order just got no traction with them. The Galatian churches, on the other hand, had the message of Christ, which says that we love because he first loved us. And they had this promise in Galatians 6, written to their forefathers years earlier, telling them not to grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time they will reap. And reap they did. See, in this period of church history came a rich harvest of comfort for the suffering, for relief, and extraordinary salvation throughout the Roman Empire. God's promise helps us to be active in the good we do in the good we can do. 
But fourth and finally, God's promise helps us become reliant on our God who cares. See, this promise not only reminds us that God brings fruit from our labor in Christ, but but that he cares about us who are his laborers, especially when he sees us growing weary in our service to him. He sees us when we're weary and he cares about us when we're weary. But what is wonderful about God is that he also acts to give us strength when we're weary. I mean, listen to the words of Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. His power, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Isn't it marvelous? The God who calls us not to grow weary is the same God who makes it possible for us not to grow weary. It is God who gives power to the faint. God who helps them run and not be weary. How does he give us this strength? Well, he gives it to us in Jesus. Jesus came to us when we weren't just weary, but dead. Dead in sin. And Jesus made us alive through his atoning death for sin and powerful resurrection. We have been united to this everlasting God now through faith in Christ. We have the hope of eternal life beyond this weary world through faith in Christ. We have the power of God's spirit within us through faith in Christ. We get strength for this moment through faith in Christ. Uh, At my daughter's school, they have a program called the Resilience Project. Its basic goal is to strengthen the mental health of students so that they can learn to become more resilient, more happy in the various challenges that life throws at them. See, resilience is a good thing to have in a time like this. And as Christians, we, we actually want to grow in our resilience. But God's word tells us that before we can become resilient people who keep loving and serving Jesus, we need to become reliant people. See, resilience comes through reliance. And reliant Christians are praying Christians. Uh, Let me share with you a reliant prayer that I've written as I've been thinking about this passage this week. My prayer is this, Dear Heavenly Father, you are the everlasting God. You don't faint or grow weary. I, I know that you are faithful to fulfill your promise to bring fruit from my persevering love and service. But Lord, I feel weary right now. I need your help. I need your strength. You say that you give power to the faint. You say they will run and not grow weary. 
I want to keep running. Please help me to keep running, Lord. Amen. See, Christian resilience in COVID flows from Christian reliance on God. These are weary times. Doing the Christian life together during COVID has taken its toll on a number of us. Many of us are feeling fatigued by separation, isolation, and all the online activity that is now required of us. And I suspect some of you have been struggling to listen to this talk. I mean, I haven't been able to preach this sermon uh, in person. I haven't been able to do it in the familiar meeting room of the Upper Plenty Conference Centre. This talk has come to you in the same way that so many other talks are coming to you right now, online and via Zoom. Some of you might already suffer a bit from sermon fatigue. Well, just add Zoom fatigue on top of that and it's just hard work. But this is where we are right now. In God's kindness, that will change. But this is where we are right now. So what will help you to endure through this same online experience, say tomorrow night, when we gather for our online service? What will help you the following Sunday and then the Sunday after that and however long this period goes on for? What will help you endure even beyond church and keep loving and serving Jesus' people in this weary, isolated and often online environment? Well, I think one good way that will help you is to hold fast to God's promise here in Galatians 6 verse 9. God is telling you that you will reap if you don't give up. Let that be your slogan for the rest of this COVID moment. Let that verse be the banner that you hang above your computer at this time. See, it's that promise that will help us be optimistic for a time of reaping. That promise that will help us be patient as we wait upon the Lord. That promise that will help us be active in the good we can do. That promise that will help us be reliant on our God who does care. We will reap if we do not give up. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Help us to hold fast to your promise that in due season we will reap if we don't give up. Father, we do pray that as we hold fast to that promise, you will help us to become optimistic people, patient people, active people doing good, and are people who are reliant on you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.